Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Good Welcome to ADZ Sports Live, streaming live here on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Woo! What's happening, Cowboys Nation? Coming up today, got four things to watch for Cowboys Rookie Minicamp, which comes up this weekend. I think the rookies start to fill in today. And then tomorrow they begin to get things going. Four things to watch between drafted guys, undrafted guys, battles, all of this. So stay tuned for that. Plus in roundup, Tyler Smith talk. He spoke up a little bit about his whole position flex. And the Cowboys do their annual random invite, but they have to do these things because you need a bunch of guys out there for rookie minicamp. It's not like it was a long time ago. You need you need a ton of players to participate and get through these next two or three days while they're out there. So we'll get into some of these battles. Again, let's set the stage here when it comes to the rookie minicamp. There's no pads. They're not hitting. They're barely thudding. But there are some things that you can, you can you know, gauge. You can get from these rookies coming in. The, the movement, where are they placed? How fast are they picking things up? Because they're going to test them in that manner. So we'll take a look at four things I want to watch for. And then you guys can add... What you want to add? Call into the phone line. 351-999-3787. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Later today or tonight, whatever time they decide to do it, and I know the the uh, the social medias of all these teams, they'll be rolling out the full schedule for uh, NFL teams and where we'll play and you guys can get your tickets and all that good stuff. So we'll we'll talk about that on Monday when they roll all that stuff out. So um, if you're if you're into the schedule thing, they'll be dropping all of that later tonight, and we'll get into it on Monday. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll get to it on Monday and uh, talk about what some of these insiders may have seen down there at camp as well. I, I wish I could get down there and, and just be able to see it my damn self. But hey, maybe we'll talk that into existence at some point. Nonetheless, we'll try to get some uh, some guests on here who are down there. We'll pick up our uh, scientific method next week. So we'll, we'll definitely have uh, uh, Patrick on here, No C. Walker. He'll be giving us the insight of what happened down there and moving forward. So jam-packed stuff already for next week. Can't wait for it. With that said, let's roll into this goddamn going roundup, baby. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yeah. Tyler Smith talked to ESPN yesterday. He was recently asked 
about his position flexing where he might play. He said, quote, just tell me where to go and I'll go. I'm ready to go whenever I can, wherever I can go to contribute. I'm just ready to keep improving. He also said one thing about it is just after seeing where I was after my first year has me excited for what the future holds. The work never stops. I can't be more proud of, of how Tyler Smith handled his rookie year. You know, coming in full-time tackle in college, really didn't get a chance to work on the nuances of the game. Then two weeks before the season, by the way, as he's dealing with an injury, the starting left tackle goes down. They say, hey, Tyler, we know you were working at left guard all offseason, but can you kick out the left tackle? Kicks out the left tackle, does a very solid job out there. Then they kick him inside the guard, does a solid job in there, and he really said this the other day. He's the linchpin. I think he's the linchpin of your offensive line. But I'm just really proud of how he handled it. And I think he's the reason why this front office is so confident in its quote unquote depth. Which is a whole nother discussion. But he's probably the main reason why they're able to talk with so much confidence because they believe this guy can play anywhere. I'd like for them to focus him somewhere and, and let him develop there. But nonetheless, man, this kid's talented. I have no, no worries about Wherever he's going to be, he's going to hold it down. He's going to be a rock-solid contributor for you uh, for years to come. For years to come. But that offensive line's got a magnifying glass on it. I'm, t- I'm telling you that right now. Until they figure it out, we're going to be putting a magnifying glass on that offensive line. So as we get to rookie minicamp, the Cowboys do this every single year. They'll invite some random quarterbacks that usually don't make the team or any team sometimes you'll get a guy like uh who was it uh ben denucci who was quarterback three rookie year came back to rookie mini camp the next year but there isn't that type of quarterback coming to camp so they invited quarterback matthew mckay out of elon university which is in north carolina um look most of these quarterbacks don't amount to much but it is an opportunity for mr mckay here he goes 6'4", 212, and he had 21 touchdowns last year, four picks, 458 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. Could mean absolutely nothing. But the most important thing for a quarterback like him, I hate to say it, isn't really about him. It's about giving these guys a chance to compete, to make a play. Uh, we've heard many times down there at Ricky Minicamp, these insiders say, hey, man, it was tough to get a gauge on this, this tight end or get a gauge on this receiver because the quarterback was just so bad. He wasn't even throwing it in the same area code. I remember having Yeomans on here and, and Dave Hellman, and I'm like, hey, Dave, tell me about Simi or hey, Dave, tell me about uh, this guy or that guy. And I'm like, man, look, we, we can't. The quarterback was terrible. So his job is going to be allow these guys to make a play flat out. Because they're not inviting Cooper Rush down there. And obviously, Dak Prescott's not going to be down there. Will Greer's been in the league now for, what, five years? So he's not going to be down there either. So they need some arms. And they didn't draft a quarterback. So McKay's going to be there to help get these guys the ball. And that leads me into the watch list. 
Uh, Damon said, Ben D was better than Rush. Look, I don't know if you were here during the season. I'm not going to sit here and prop up Cooper Rush like he's this amazing quarterback. But there is no way. You really believe that? You, you really believe Ben DiNucci? Let me make sure I read it right. Ben D was better than Rush. You didn't watch that Eagles game, and you, that's what you came away with. I'm talking about the Eagles game that Ben DiNucci played in. Interesting. Cooper Rush is 5-1, and one, man. I mean, I know the, 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 the defense and, and offense and everybody helped him out and everything, but I really can't say that. Now, if you wanted to go rear, Will Greer, I liked Will Greer. Uh, look, man, and now Rush sucks. Are you one of those Dak Prescott sucks guys, too? I, look, I'm not about to sit here and cap for Cooper Rush, y'all. But damn it, Ben DiNucci's better than Cooper Rush. What are we doing? Ben DiNucci is sucking in the XFL, but he's better than Cooper Rush. Come on, bro. What, what is happening here? We got to be better than that. We got to be better than that. Uh, What was I saying here before I was rudely interrupted with that no, that nonsense? Oh, the, the rookie, the rookie minicamp stuff here. McKay leads me into the rookie minicamp watch list. And if you guys don't remember... We did this last year, and I have fun with it. I I used I did a little bit from our guy. You just made the list. The Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. That is the list of Jericho. So let's just get into it, man. Should be a very easy, quick, simple show today. Won't keep y'all too long. All right, we got four different things. Let's talk about the first two. We'll take a quick little break and uh, see what you guys have to say about this list so far. First up on the list, I have the tight ends and H-backs, their placement. Okay, well, what do you mean by that? So Hunter Lipke is in here as a fullback H-back role. Princeton Fant is coming in here as a what H-back, fullback, tight end, whatever role. Both of these dudes aren't your traditional players at any position. So where are they going to put them? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on those two guys for sure. And the bigger question might be for Fant. Because Fant was moved from wide receiver to tight end. But he doesn't have the tight end body. We don't believe he's going to be a tight end in the NFL, or at least for the Cowboys. So he's probably going to be more of that H-back role. And one of the guys that we compared him to was uh, Jameez Oluwale for the Cowboys. Wasn't quite a fullback, wasn't quite a tight end, but was an H-back, did, did a lot of those things for Oakland. He didn't really do all those things for for the Cowboys. So I'm going to keep my eye on Hunter. And then the other thing with Hunter Lipke is the shoulder situation. Now that was months ago. He should be fully recovered, but we'll see. I'm not sure if he's really going to be out there running around because in the pro day, well, he's not running around, but getting active because in the pro day, they didn't allow him to kind of put the pads on because he was still at the final stages of recovery. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. And when it comes to the injury, that's what I want to see from, I know it sounds crazy, Lou Schoolman. I'm not saying that he's an injured guy or anything, but he did not finish his pro day due to a leg injury. So how is he moving out there? Is he over that? Or is he a guy that kind of has to kind of sit out a little bit as we get geared up for minicamp and mandatory minicamp and training camp? I don't know. I haven't gotten an update on his leg injury. He also has some shoulder injuries as well that ended his 
potential bid to go into. I think it was the East West Shrine game. Um, and I believe ended his season again in that TCU game. I say ended his season. It, it was the last game of the season, but he didn't finish because of the shoulder injury. So how was he moving out there? I already know he's going to be moved all over the place. So I'm not worried about where he's going to be placed. But when it comes to, almost said Noah fan, Princeton fan, and Hunter Lipke, where are they going to be placed? Tight ends. H-backs. You just made the list. You made the list. I'm watching you. Or listening. The other one, where do the versatile rookies focus at? That was the term immediately that I thought of when I say term, I mean versatile. When the Cowboys completed their draft, I looked at six of the eight picks, I think it was, and I'm like, okay, the theme here is versatility. They want to have the flex to move a guy here or there if it doesn't work out at that specific position, right? And you can even go further into the undrafted guys. There's some versatility there as well. We just talked about it with the fans of the world and the Lipkies. But where do guys like Asim Richards play at? We talked about Asim Richards over on Vacha's show the other day. Uh, a tackle who didn't really start playing tackle until the end of his high school career. So he's interesting because he has tackle experience in college, but he's been playing football since he was eight. And he, so he's only has four years of tackle experience. So he's still developing as a tackle but you heard coach Solari say hey he got position flex as well so we're going to work him work him as a tackle guard guard tackle he even threw in the word center in there but I don't know if we'll see that or not so where are they going to focus him at because I don't know if they're going to move him all over the place in rookie minicamp they may test him though they may but where are they going to focus him at because he he's got what I call He's got a, a, a very well-rounded game. I don't think he's deficient so bad in, in one thing um, that it doesn't get you excited. He, he he's just needs to continue to develop. I like his length. Um, he's not a strong guy, so I guess you can call the strength a, a deficiency. So, you know, he, he's got to get stronger at the point of attack, but I, I liked his anger in the pass protection. I thought he was really solid in that. The Notre Dame game against Foskey, I thought he handled Foskey really well. So where are they going to focus him? Tackle. They're going to move him into guard. They're going to start him at guard. That's something that I want to keep my eye on when it comes to awesome Richards. Don't get me started on the name because as we talk about wrestlers here, The Miz has a perfect theme music for awesome Richards, but it is what it is. Junior Fehoko. Where is Junior Fehoko going to line up? Where are they going to focus him at? Uh, played mainly defensive end or five tech, whatever you want to call it there in the mountain West and one defensive player of the year out there. We talked about the power of those Island boys, man. There's something about those guys. Uh, now we, we didn't quite hit on another dude in, in Bradley and I, but, but Fehoko just continued to improve down there in the mountain West. And, and he plays with a, a, a strength and a, a motor, and I'm going to tear your head off. I'm getting to the quarterback. It ain't it ain't technically sound all the time. It ain't pretty, but it's nasty. Strong hands, run-stopping type of guy. Even though he had a ton of sacks, I look at him more as a run guy for this team. Uh, where are they going to focus him at? We, we heard 
Coach Floyd say, you know, we look at him as potential interior guy, but he said down the line. And and, and it didn't seem like Coach Floyd had media training just quite yet because he was giving out some sauce. If you go listen to that interview, and not just about Junior for Elko, but he was giving out some sauce about the potential uh, scheme changes. But they view him, it sounds like, according to Floyd, as a defense and then we'll move you inside as you put on more weight and he said yeah we're gonna look to get him in a rotation and i say how at defense end you know as a rookie this isn't a dude that's gonna wow you with with his athleticism he isn't gonna wow you with his technique as a pass rusher uh and, and when you're going up against better tackles that are more athletic more experienced deal with better players throughout their careers i think it's going to be tougher for him to win on the edge in the league right now. So I, I wonder if that gets sped up. I wonder if his transition on the interior gets sped up and he plays more three tech with the Chauncey and with the Enosa. Uh, uh, so that's something I'm focusing on. Where the hell are they going to line up Junior Faoko? Doesn't mean that you know they're not even hitting right now, but I just want to know where where is he getting most of his reps at? And then obviously the, the the biggest versatile guy, the most popular versatile guy, is is Demo, the Marvion Overshone. Is he going to be doing safety things? Is he is he going to be doing linebacker things? Pass rushing. Do they focus him at one spot right now and then wait till the veterans get in? Uh, I believe next week or so and and start to incorporate him elsewhere, or do they just throw him in the fire and say, look, we want to see what he has as a cover guy. Go out there and cover uh, schoolmaker. Go out there and cover a Stevens Jr. Go out there and cover, you know, a wide receiver. We just want to see where you're at. And then they send him to the other end of the field. Go down there with Junior and them and go and go pass rush. Then they run his ass back to the other end of the field. Come over here with the linebackers. I wouldn't mind them throwing, throwing him in the fire. Sometimes if, if you listen to my guy, um, if you listen to my guy, Jesse Alley, he talks about how these rookie minicamps, they'll throw you into the fire. They'll just throw a bunch of things at you just to see how you handle it. I wouldn't mind him doing that with Demo. Let's just see where he's at. It's rookie minicamp. And then once you get here next week, then you focus him in on something. But just test him out day one and then say, okay, we like what we, like what we saw at the linebacker spot. Let's kind of focus him in. Or we like, we like what we saw from a, a coverage standpoint. When we're done with linebacker things, let's put him up back over there with the safeties. Biggest wild card to draft to me, man. Demo. He could be an extreme boom player because he has a talent. I don't want to use the word bust, but or he can be kind of another project that we just quite don't know what to do with yet. And we've had plenty of those projects. So I'm looking at that. Versatile Rooks. You just made the list. Just made the list, man. Mark said this is going to be interesting for sure. He's not a middle linebacker, says Danny. No, I don't, I don't believe he, he's a, a middle linebacker. I did get that question, though, a couple weeks ago. Uh, is Demo? No, I don't see him as a middle linebacker. Don't see it. T-Dub, he'll go against right tackles. I'm guessing you're talking about Fehoko. <laughs> hey, Tom, Junior only has one name. He only has one name. Yes, the guru. I, I, you know, I agree. In regards to, he says we are really super thin at linebacker and a lot of inexperience. I agree with that part. 
that's going to hurt us as season goes on. We'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of inexperience at the linebacker position. The, the, the one saving grace or what could potentially be a saving grace for the linebacker room is that they got a Mozzie Smith in front of them now. They've got a full season, hopefully, of a Jonathan Hankins in front of them. Where that wasn't the case last year, um, in reality, in years past either. And if you if we listen to Coach Floyd, let me see if I still if I still have that audio actually. But if you listen to Coach Floyd, he brings up there it goes. He brings up kind of the the scheme change that's going to happen to allow these linebackers to stay free. Here we go. Uh, this year we're really going to oh, focus right, so, on so we disrupting the, our our keys. Did y'all hear that? Y'all probably heard it, but I didn't. Boom. Bow. All right, one more time for the one time. Uh, this year, we're we go. really going to focus on disrupting the, our, our keys, knocking yes. back that uh, that guy as opposed to looking in the backfield. Um, I think by doing so, we'll give the linebackers a chance to play in their gaps as, as opposed to always trying to fight to get in their gap on a down, you know. So um, it's most definitely important, and we're going to definitely fix those things and play harder in those areas this year to make the defense better. That's what I mean by I don't know if he was media trained. Um, you didn't hear. Go look at Scott McCurley. Scott McCurley been around. They brought Scott McCurley. They just kept asking him, hey, what you going to do with Demo? What you going? Hey, man, we'll see when he get here. We'll figure it out. We like to can do this and that. We'll figure it out. Coach Floyd said, hey, dog, we changing up everything up front. We going, we're keeping the linebackers clean. We're not penetrating no more. We're going to hold it. But no, in all seriousness, though, I believe him. I think there is going to be a, a different responsibility now that Mozzie and Hankins are here because we saw how vital Jonathan Hankins was in keeping the linebackers clean and causing those uh, traffic car accidents in the backfield, holding up double teams so dudes can get to their, their assignments, get to their keys, their gaps. I don't think that was a coincidence that they took Mozzie Smith. I think it had to do with how they how they saw Jonathan Hankins. So that is kind of the saving grace if they decide to roll with this young group. This young group is athletic enough. Um, when it comes to Damone Clark, I think a year is, is, is extremely big for him because I think he's a smart kid. He's a determined kid, and I think he'll be fine at the linebacker position. Can they hold up health-wise? Because they're not deep when it comes to proven dudes. It's a bunch, like you said. Young, inexperienced dudes. But if I can get some determined, heady, athletic guys behind Mozzie Smith and Hankins that can keep them clean, maybe we'll be on to something. Yeah, Marcus said he looked like he could play. Coach Floyd definitely looked like he could still play out there. Now, I know y'all probably like, why isn't Mozzie Smith on the list? And he's not. I don't have Mozzie Smith. And here's why I don't have Mozzie Smith uh, on the list. The only thing you can probably gauge from Mozzie Smith out there is how big he is next to everybody else. You want to see Mozzie Smith in pads. Right? You want to see Mozzie Smith uh, against, no offense, Awesome Richards, but Tyler Smith, Zach Martin, Tyler Biotish. And we're just not really going to be able to see the impact of Mozzie Smith likely until training camp. Now, we'll, we're going to get some videos, you know, mandatory mini camps and stuff where they got the helmets on and Mozzie Smith just popped somebody in the chest 
and he got that knockback power. But I'm holding out until we get to training camp, uh, to the Cowboys get down there and they put the pads on because that's when you're going to feel Mozzie Smith. It's really hard to get a gauge on offense and defense alignment from a physical standpoint until we get to training camp. So I'm excited to see him down there. It's going to be a while, but he ready to take somebody's head off. Well, maybe we will get a video. Maybe we'll get one of these clips where Mozzie Smith wasn't supposed to go that hard and he ended up putting awesome riches on his ass. Might be a thing. Might be a thing. Mozzie is a huge man. <laughs> Caustic Mozzie is a huge man. And uh, it was it was Patrick Walker who came on here and said, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're really understanding how big this dude is. We fit in the seat though. Let's see here. Floor even brought. Okay, Coach Floyd probably put the pads on in camp. Look, one thing I like about Dan Quinn is he gets active. I'm really excited to see if, if Coach Floyd gets active. AD is active, too. Uh, I've seen Coach AD. He, he's probably just as vocal as Dan, honestly. Just as vocal. All right, let's get to the second part of the list. So we talked about the H-backs. We talked about the versatile guys. I want to see how Deuce Vaughn handles the kicking game duties. It, it may seem minuscule. It may seem small. Pun intended. Because he is small. But we just heard yesterday when we did our rating draft series about Deuce Vaughn. And he talked about how important it was to start handling punts. Because he realized, as his mentor also realized, that getting on the field early for a guy like him, a role player, satellite back guy, guy that's not a high draft pick, the fastest and easiest way is special teams. He ain't going to be on special teams tackling nobody. But he'll be on special teams returning punts, returning kicks. And he said for three months he was just working on catching punts every single day in bad weather, good weather, didn't matter to the point where he can get comfortable enough to head into rookie camp and give it a go. Now, I know he's going to make a lot of wild plays in the past game. I, I know he's going to make a lot of wild plays when he gets a handoff and he's taking somebody's ankles because he's got ridiculous quickness and elusiveness. Sidebar. Uh, somebody yesterday after Vach so came in the comment section and said, Deuce Vaughn has average elusiveness. Sir. You, you couldn't possibly watch Deuce Vaughn and come away with average elusiveness. There's, there's just not a chance. You, I'm not an advocate for watching highlights. I'm not. But just put all the damn highlights and you came away with he has average elusiveness. And y'all wonder why Angry Sky be coming out. Anyway, but I want to know how he handles the, the punt things, the kicking things, because if he wants to impress this staff early, if he wants to put more competition in multiple rooms, that's how he's going to do it. You know how I feel right now. I, I'm, I'm very confident in the fact that he'll make this team and he'll have a, a, a even if it's not a big role, have some sort of a role uh, in the offense according to Mike McCarthy, unless he just doesn't prove it in camp and in preseason. 
Uh, but if he really wants to put the heat on multiple rooms, it's going to have to be in the kicking game duties as well. And what better way to give more reason to get you involved on the offense than showing that you can do things and you can do damage and punt return or kick return, however they want to do it. Now, I know we have a lot of fun with Kevontae Turpin, but I do think if Deuce shows anything, this is true, real competition. He's not the only one. There's other dudes out there, too. Speaking of which, they play the wide receiver position. And this is where I think the most competitive battle will be. Cornerbacks versus the wide receivers. Look, we can't hit out there. The offensive line can't push guys around. The defensive line can't make, do anything from a penetrating standpoint. The running backs can't truck nobody. The linebackers can't tackle. But oh, since the beginning of time, since free frost, since seven on seven, you know, since one on ones, cornerbacks and wide receivers. Oh, it don't matter if they get the pads or not. They're going to go out there and try to catch the rock on you. Or stop you from catching a rock. I don't need to pass to see if you can move a little bit. You can cover a little bit. And when you look at the drafted guys slash undrafted guys like Moreno Cropper, Jalen Brooks, David Durden versus Eric Scott and, and Miles Brooks. Miles Brooks, one of those kind of coveted undrafted guys. Eric Scott Jr. Sixth round pick. They trade a fifth round pick for to go up and get physical corners going up against route runners like a Moreno Cropper a physical guy like Jalen Brooks an underdog guy like David Durden Ooh, that's that's going to be the one when we come on when we come here on Monday yeah all these other things I'm talking about 100% matter but this is kind of going to be the real substance I feel like we'll be able to get a gauge on these young bucks uh from a competitive standpoint at the very least does that does any of this end up translating uh, that's not what we're getting now right? we're not saying hey man if dude's on he gonna be this or hey man if if uh hunter lipke does this he gonna be that no we just kind of want to watch same thing with the corners if, if eric scott's a shutdown guy or or moreno cropper is just tearing dudes up it doesn't mean it's going to translate this just all means things we want to watch developing some momentum for next week because that's important Getting confidence when these veterans get here. And I feel like this cornerback versus wide receiver room is going to be one of those battles where somebody can develop some damn confidence. What battle are you most looking forward to? It doesn't have to be cornerback wide receiver. If you if you got another one, if you got say Demo versus uh Deuce Vaughn out the backfield or something, that's cool. But what what are you most looking forward to? Let me make it more general. What are you most looking forward to watching or hearing about out of Cowboys rookie minicamp? For me, it's the cornerbacks versus the receivers. I feel like that group is going to be ultra competitive. Mendoza says Miles is guy. Oscar says the receivers. Yeah, if, if I had to pick a receiver, it's, it's a lot of fun ones down there too. Jalen Brooks, a seventh round pick. He probably gonna make a couple highlight catches, but I want to hear about David Durden. You know, I don't I don't have a bunch of all twenty two film of West West Florida Kentucky State ITT Tech University. I don't got that tape. 
All we got is the highlights, and you can barely see anything there besides like his hands. Um, so I want to see him or hear about him at least. I want to hear about Cropper from a route running standpoint. Dude's got quick feet. Now I got some tape of that dude. Really interested to see him against some of these quicker cornerbacks. He might actually be be trouble for a guy guy like Miles Brook if they do some you know slot type stuff. But if they if they're just one on one physical stuff. Jalen Brooks versus Miles Brooks. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Stevens. I believe it's Stevens Jr. The biggest wide receiver the Cowboys have down there. 6'5", goes about 230. Look, he he might even convert to a tight end. Who knows? But I'm not trying to compare him. I'm just doing the size thing. He might be this year's TJ Vasher. Meaning... Big wide receiver making these 50-50 jump ball type of plays. Difference is, TJ Vasher was 6'6", 190 pounds, right? Where this guy is 6'5", I think like 230, 230 plus. So he could potentially move into tight end at some point. Let's see here. Uh, Mendoza says, I'm with this guy. The receivers versus the cornerbacks. Really interested in seeing Drummond. Oh, yeah, that's another guy down there. Drummond, right? He, he should probably probably be down there interested to see his progression and i've got my eyes on miles ct madhead says isaiah land yeah and like i said it's tough to get a gauge on the defenders but i do want to hear about his get off you know i remember during micah parsons rookie minicamp and sam williams rookie minicamp we heard about their athleticism hey man this dude got a quick step this dude is fast so so i'm with you i do kind of want to hear about about land and hell where are they going to put land is he going to be a defensive end is he going to be a guy that they move back at linebacker something to keep an eye on dennis houston is signed to a uh ct madhead he's signed to a futures contract i would imagine dennis houston is going to be there only you know what i don't know now actually when i think about it ct because dennis houston made the roster he was very integral in their in their camp last year he might not needed in that sense but i mean he didn't play he got cut again i would run him out there i personally would so i don't know if he'll be down there ct matt here but dennis houston is back on the team uh what else would you guys like to see down there or or hear about because we we're not going to see a whole lot but we're here about it. bobby says i hope deuce can make it but i'd like to see more of turpin as a receiver give him a shot i'll be fair Let's give Cavante Turpin a shot at receiver and see what happens here. I'm not going to be that guy. CJ, how is Tony Pollard's injury coming along? No no new update. The last update we heard is him and Terrence Steele are ahead of schedule and they'll be good to go for training camp. Um, <laughs> I don't like to, to quote the big letter networks, but they're not the only ones saying this stuff. But there's a lot of people who uh, doubt the Cowboys offensively from a skill position. And one of the things that they say is, well, Tony Pollard, we we don't know how he's going to boom, 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 boom. He's coming off of a major injury. He's not going to do that. That's what I'm hearing a lot of. Could be me being naive. Could be me being biased. I, I just, I'm not sweating. I don't know why. Y'all tell me how y'all feel about Tony Pollard coming back off his injury. I'm just not really tripping about him coming off of his injury. I feel like. 
2023, man. He, he didn't suffer some catastrophic career-ending injury. I get it is a leg injury. So I, I, I get people are a bit concerned. But there are people going to extremes. Hey, man, Tony Pollard, man, he tore his leg off. He ain't going to be the same. Or their running back room suffered because Tony Pollard tore his leg. I, ain't, I don't know, man. I'm not really I'm not really tripping about it. Now, if he go out there and he looks bad, then, then, then I'll get concerned. But until I see him, I'm just not really tripping about it, man. I'm, I'm just not. You know, especially since we're hearing he's ahead of schedule. Should be good, but we don't know, says Mark. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be the mental. Not sure what that means, T-Dub. Uh, well, I know for one one of the so Law said they're just hating. I do know one of the dudes that that's that's his shtick about the team. But but I've heard other people, you know, cowboy fans even even go as far as say oh, I don't know about Tony Pollard. I just gotta see it, man. I just got that's true, Sully. If his bone popped out, if his bone popped out, I would one hundred percent be a little nervous. Um, he did fracture, and and it was a ligament uh, sprain or whatever, a high ankle sprain. Dude's got six months to recover. That's all, man. That's all. QV says, considering it was bone and not ligament, I think he'll be okay. So it was a little ligament because of the sprain, but it wasn't like he just completely ripped his ligament apart. Uh, and I'm with you, the bone part. And plus, I'm not a doctor. But we did bring a doctor on here. And, and he and maybe that is another reason why I feel really confident. He was talking about... Uh, how the injury is, is is not a a significant one in the sense that you should be worried that he doesn't fully recover. Now, if you want to say, well, Sky, what about the mental aspect of it? That I can't measure. I, I can't measure that. Um, I do know when we talk about like ACL injuries, uh, PCL injuries, these injuries that take dudes out for full seasons, I often bring up Malik Hooker, My, uh, Michael Gallup. These two dudes talk about how, hey, man, you know, the physical aspect, I'm fine, but the mental aspect, I'm not. Will TP fall into the into that same trap of, hey, I'm physically fine, but I'm mentally not ready to cut or all this stuff? I don't know. I feel like he a running back, man. Second nature is the cut. That's what he do. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's get 480 in here. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. It's your boy Domino. Domino, what's going on? Chilling. Um, yeah, I think everybody relaxed on the TP thing because we had Doctor Booth in here talking about how <laughs> how easy it is to recover from those injuries. I know, and, and like I said, and, I think that might be why I'm a little bit confident. He 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 was not particularly worried about the injury from a, from a full recovery standpoint. Right, right. And then you had Zeke to see how Zeke handled injuries. I mean. Zeke did a thing for the last, what, four, four years with injuries? Zeke just know how to handle it by now. He's professional. He's been in the game for two years, two or three years. Yeah, and, and he doesn't... That's what Zeke Yeah, and he doesn't have the uh, wear and, the same wear and tear. Now, he's been getting dinged up lately, but he doesn't have, you know, 1,600 touches in his career. He, he's, exactly. he's fairly... He's probably one of the most unique lead backs we have in this league now because he was a RB2 for most of his career and really didn't start getting touches till 2021 if we're being honest 
So it's not right, like right. he's got uh, so many carries in, 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 on his body. So we'll see. Right, that was it, Tom. You have a good morning. All right, man. Appreciate you, big dog. No problem. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see him get back out there. Not going to lie to you. 727, what it is, what it do. Hey, what's up there, Mr. Scott? This is Mr. Amos again. Is who? How you been? Mr. Amos. Famous Amos. What's good, Mr. Amos? Nothing much there, my friend. One thing I, I'm hoping, you know, I usually see every preseason when Dallas throws that uh, experimental, crappy offensive line out there, and they try to block and try to do whatever, and the players that we think are good seem to don't shine because they don't have adequate blocking or the quarterbacks have adequate protection to get to those receivers. Oh, yeah, yeah. For preseason? So I'm just saying it might not look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I just you know, just screen, you know, because – I know we count on dudes, but, you know, we shouldn't take the preseason games too, you know, at, at heart because they, he might not have no blocking because they might be all over because if they – the familiar pattern that's been going before every preseason, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, yeah, we got one a, of the battles I was looking for, you know. Okay. What you say there? We got a long way to preseason. And, and, yeah, but but every year I say the same thing. It's really not about the result there. You, you got to kind of – dissect the preseason games. But we we a long way from that. But but go ahead for, with one of the things you're looking for for rookie minicamp. Yeah, well, I, I hope that the guards, it merged. You know, I'm I looking forward to see how what's in the Aussie, uh, how he does. Awesome, Richard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, because I still think that, you know, there's a glaring need at guard. And sure. as far as, you know, they were talking about Paulus. I mean, I think it's a di- different mentality when you're a running back, you know, because you're taught, you know, you, you hit the hole when you see it. And he's one of those running backs that when he see a hole, he will hit it. It's different, you know, when you're trying to do a cut in the secondary or you're a receiver or you're trying to hold someone up. His mindset all along has been a running back is just go. I have no worries about him whatsoever. Uh, I do have concerns about Jones being a native of Tampa Bay. I watched him run. He's a runner, but he's also a fumbler. So uh, you know, I, maybe I, it'd be good for them to pick up another back. You know, one of those. Well, I would. I wouldn't mind more competition. Not gonna say a lot, even though I'm a Jones fan. Uh, but man, when I heard that too, I heard a lot of people say, you know, oh man, Ronald Jones fumbling problem. I was like, hey, let me go see because yeah. I, I hate that. Right? I went and looked. I was like, what? What? What constitutes as a fumbling problem? Because I looked at his stats over the last like three years, and he got like let me go back here. Like, it was like three fumbles or something, four fumbles. I'm like, is that a fumbling problem? Because if that's the damn case, we had a fumbling problem here. He wore number twenty one for for a little bit. He had an issue. Now he got it together uh, last uh, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, 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 about the same, you know, because yeah. I'm not a Bucks fan, and right, I've been right, born right. and raised in the Tampa Bay area, and I'm kind of like anti Bucks. I kind of laugh when they lose, and. I see that, yeah, that 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 Jones had made me smile, mm-hmm. being a little bit anti-buck because you know the, uh, the 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 fumble that he. I see the least let it go at least about two or three times when yeah. unexpected. So there you go. You know, so so, so here you go. Times, it went time two minutes. His last two, so his last two years in in, in three was well, in three years. First year he had three fumbles. Not not great. You don't want to have three mm-hmm. fumbles, right? Yeah. Uh, second, yeah. the second year with more carries, he had two fumbles, so one down. Third mm-hmm. year, he had two fumbles, two fumbles again. 
I, when I was doing the Ronald Jones study and I went and looked at, you know, other other running backs and whatnot, there were guys who fumbled the ball at a higher rate than him. But that is one of the things I hear about Ronald Jones. Oh, man, this is a fumbling machine. I'm like, I mean, 200 touches over. No, I was a machine. I mean, but people were saying that, though. That's but what I'm saying. Yeah. People were saying that. No, like, no, the dude I'm not, got over I'm not, 200 I'm not go on that. and 50 touches and fumbled the ball two times. I, I mean, it's not no, ideal, no, but no, it ain't that damn serious. No, no. He, he, I mean, he a hard runner. I mean, you know, because, you know, uh, one thing I – He don't got nine fumbles, Mike Russell. He don't got nine. He got four oh, no, fumbles in the last two seasons. But in his one, two, three, four, five-year career, he does have seven total. So, you know. And, yeah. And that yeah ha- I've, I've, seen him, I've seen him let the ball go. Yeah. You know, yeah. but he's running, you know, but he, 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 would, get you those, he would get you those yards. And uh, when I saw him, when, he, when the first time I saw him against the Cowboys, I said, well, the Cowboys going to underestimate him. But then again, you know, he may let it, let it go. Uh, but I, I'm happy he's on the team. I, I really am. But I, I'm just going to cringe a little bit when he, when, he, when he gets the ball, you know. So I think it's a good addition. I don't think they're going to cut him. I, like I said, he hits the hole. One problem I had with Zeke, Zeke wants, wants to dance. In a hole, he doesn't hit the hole necessarily when he sees it with not, with the type of speed he can to gain more yards. And I think that last game exploded him big time. Uh, his last body of work is, is telling how he is because he couldn't he couldn't do nothing for the team. It, it seemed like he was a liability while he was out there, and I can't see anywhere whatsoever how they would resign him. Finally, I'm gonna make this point, which you know I went to you know you me and you about this Gallup thing. I back and I looked at Gallup and I said, you know what? I'm happy. You know, I hope that Gallup comes. But the reason why I went to go look at him again is because I was trying to see what type of uh, competition he went against. And uh, I, I think that sometimes, you know, he had a separation problem. And sometimes some of the uh, like well, well, average owners he's, he's, he's not a separator. That, that's never been his game. Yes. But when you say yeah, what type yeah, of competition uh, – yeah, I mean, I watched Michael Gallup, you know, beat some good corners in his day. You know, I've seen it. Hello? Yeah, well, I oh, tried okay. to find I tried to, I was trying to, <laughs> but I tried to, by name, that name calling I me mean, good, because everybody in the NFL is good. But, you know, but him on his game, he's he, he pretty good. I hope that, you know, that I, I, I have confidence, you know, in facing him for next year anyway, you know, because the, because the West Coast offense, and I think McCarthy would do a good job of putting him so he can be successful at what he does. That's all I, I got to say, young man. My God. Appreciate all you, right. and, and, and All right. Take care, brother. You as well. You lock these up right now. Boom, boom. All right. Let's go to the next call. Let's, we'll just do that. We'll just do that. We got a couple more left here. 801. What it is, what it do. Going to fly through these. What's good? Uh- How's it going, Sky? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, great show the past couple days. I tried to call into your show yesterday, and I tried to call in the botches and just didn't have timing work out. But all the talk about Deuce Vaughn has me think about something. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I am really excited for when the Cowboys decide to run like a pro set where they have two wide receivers, a tight end, and two backs. And so if you have a formation where maybe you're 20 yards out from the end zone, I'm just trying to think of how big of a problem it's going to be for opposing defenses if you have Deuce and Tony in the backfield 
and then Lamb and Cooks out wide with maybe Schoonmaker or Ferguson at that tight end. I think there's so many different plays that can be run off that that just thinking about that set gets me so excited. Yeah, it's funny because last year it it was bad. We we didn't really run it well. Um, we we showed some flashes in 2021, specifically in Week One against the Bucks when we ran the two tight or the two the two running back set. This year, though, uh, if a guy like Hunter Lipke makes the team, I think we're going to see more fullback running back combinations than we'll see Tony Pollard and Deuce on the field at the same time. Like I think we'll see that as a specialty package. They'll they'll try to throw in a wrinkle yeah. against a team, but I think we'll see a whole lot more if if Hunter Lipke or if a fullback makes this team. If if uh, we get a fullback on the team, I think you'll see more fullback than you'll see uh, those two guys. But if they are out there, man, you can do some fun things. You can motion one out, get get one on one with a linebacker because if you come out in a you know well, that wouldn't necessarily be a eleven or what have because there's not three receivers. But if you come out two receivers, a tight end, and two backs. Depending on how the defense adjusts, they could say, well, let's come out in our base or our running situation because they got two running backs. But if you do that, you put an extra linebacker out there, Tony Pollard and Deuce can make you pay. So that will be something fun to right, watch if exactly. they do it. I'm just thinking of who you key into because literally any of those players that were out there at that time could do something. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the options that you could run out of that, I mean, I understand what you're saying with maybe with key or a fullback being kind of that blocker. Yeah. But I'm almost thinking like all of your playmakers can be on the field. You know, you have Deuce and Tony potentially go in separate directions. You have Lamb, Lamb and Cooks going crazy on the, the top. Like, I don't know how defenses are going to key in and say, okay, here's where we're going to focus. If they could, could catch a team off guard like they did with the Bears, I always bring this back because I thought it was clever. You know, they came out with, with that zero running back, three tight ends, and the Bears went heavy, and they said, all right, let's go hurry up and keep them out there. Say they catch a team, you know, coming out in a heavy defense with that personnel set. I say stay on it, you know, H- have a plan, dribble with a purpose, yep. and, and and just march down the field with the advantage. And the advantage could could be beyond you know TP and Deuce. It also could be with your tight end, you know, depending on who they're. They may not have their covering linebacker out there, so Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoolmaker yep. can can make them pay. So yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun, it's a fun uh, set to think about. Um, so I can't wait to see how they decide to, to utilize it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm so much more excited going into this season. I I mean I know you're just talking about Gallup, but I I honestly think he'll he'll come back. I don't know if he'll be quite 2019 Gallup because I'm not trying to get my my hopes too high. Yeah, I, but I do think he'll have a bit of a bounce, bounce back season with Cooks and Lamb. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, uh, but if 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 we kind of project, okay, a full year removed from the injury. I, I, I can't help but think he'll be better. How much better? That's that's to remain to be seen. But I don't know how he regresses a year removed from the ACL. I think he'll be better, and, and, and he'll have more help this year than he did last year. I don't think we're going to rely on Michael Gallup to be wide receiver, too. Michael Gallup can kind of just fit in as a third option, possession guy, 50-50 jump ball type of guy, and they can kind of take advantage of the rest of the offense. So he'll be better. How much better? Worth the contract better? That, that's a whole nother discussion. All I care about is get better, well, Michael Gallup. Well, it's harder harder for him to be worse than he was last year. So That's facts. <laughs> I mean, that's facts. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks, guys. Great call. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Good call. I ain't going to lie. I, I, look, when we had Kellen Moore out here, 
and we had the two personnel, you know, or the 20, 21 with Zeke and TP. Eh. Zeke just doesn't, he just never really did it for me in that set. But he, he ran some cool plays, right? Where he did a, a play action. He had Tony Pollock come out the backfield. Um, you get a quick swing pass out of it. I do want them to keep that. Keep, keep that, Mike McCarthy, and use it with Deuce and use it with TP because now, which way did he go? Which way? You don't know who is getting that swing pass, who is getting a handoff. One of these guys might be running a deep route. One of them might be running a shallow route. So I think I think you can unlock that package a little bit more. I don't know that it's something they'll see weekly because I think we'll run a, a Hunter Lipke or let's say we decided to keep McEwen. I don't even know if they do it with McEwen, honestly. But but if they decide to keep McEwen, we'll see more McEwen as a fullback. Uh, but it feels like Hunter Lipke going to make this team. We ain't even see him in pads yet. He could be an absolute bust, but, or I don't use the word bust, a bum. But it just feels like they want a fullback. That's your guy right there. You know, that's your guy. I got you, Marv. Hold tight. 240, you are live on A to Z Sports Live. What's up? What's up, Sky? How you doing, bro? What's up with you, man? I'm good. That's what's up, man. Just real uh, quick, I just want to um, touch on, I mean, I know a lot of talk been on this left guard situation, man. Yes, sir. It's yes. baffling to me. It's baffling to me, and I'm going to let me uh, just go real fast, man. I just want to, like, when that 49ers game ended, to me, I was like, all right, what do we need to really upgrade this team so we need to at least beat the 49ers next time because we come to that again. I'm like, okay, we need to keep Dan Quinn. Check mark. We need a second receiver. Check mark. We need a team corner. Check mark. We need more speed and athleticism on offense. Check mark. We need somebody to come in and help Hankins with the rush stopping. Check mark. We need a kicker. We ain't addressed that yet. So to me, that's a big issue right there. We need a kicker. Check mark. And it just seems like you know. And it, it, and I understand we want to get back. Uh, let me ask you: If 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 we were to retain Connor McGovern, do you think we would still be talking? We would still probably want to upgrade from Connor McGovern. Yeah. Do you think it would be this much talk about left guard? No, of course not, because Connor McGovern proved that you can still operate your offense at a high level without him being really a, a game changing type of left guard or what have you, right? So, no, you wouldn't have that. Correct. The reason why you're having a conversation is because you don't have a guy that, that's been proven at the left guard position, you know, over a couple of years. And I don't think Connor McGovern was all that great, but he, he wasn't a complete uh, bust. He wasn't a guy that was a liability that didn't allow your offense to operate. So, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think I we would be having this conversation. If he was still there, I agree with that. And, and, and that's to my point, which is exactly what you just said. It wasn't great. So, to no. me, he's much easier. He was our fifth best lineman, six if you want to include Tyron. So, he was like the worst out of the bunch that we're replacing. Mm -hmm. now, but I feel like if we would have lost Zach Martin and hand, and we would have handled the offseason the same way we did with losing Conor McGovern, I would see why we're speaking so much about the guard situation. But losing Conor McGovern, I feel like, it's so much easier to replace a Conor McGovern than, than it seems like a lot of people feel like that. Because it seems like that's all we talk. To me, I think our biggest loss was re – I think our bigger issue is who's playing right tackle. Because we seen what Tyron replaced uh, Terrence Hill. 
we couldn't run the ball no more. I feel like we should be talking about right tackle more than we're talking about left guard. Because I think it's easier to replace. Your right tackle is Terrence Steele. Did you forget about Terrence? No, 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 no. No, I forget about Terrence. I'm talking about to begin. Terrence. And we don't know when Terrence is coming back. If Terrence is healthy, I'm with you. But Terrence got injured. He had a well, ACL like we were just talking about yeah. Pollard. That's a different injury than what Pollard got. You know? He's also an so offensive lineman. He's not a receiver. So, and, and all all word is, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Terrence still moving around, but um, is that he's ahead of schedule. He'll be good to go for training camp. So I'm just going off of what, what's out there. So I'm not really worried about right tackle because I think Terrence still is, is going to be good to go. So I don't really agree that right tackle is a bigger deal than left guard. But can't you understand okay. why people are talking about left guard? I mean, you you lost McGovern and you didn't replace him. So, that, of no, course, I, people I, are I going agree. to talk about Because you didn't replace him. I know you I say agree. it's easier to replace him, but guess what? You didn't. <laughs> so that's why people are going to talk no. about it. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I, and I understand. And I, don't, I don't want to say, like, it's not an important thing to replace him, but I just like to the point that you're saying and to the point that I'm really thinking about, I just don't think it's gonna be that hard to replace Connor Montgomery. Like like just just like with Con we lost Connor Williams. I don't think it was that hard to replace Connor Williams, but like like I mean earlier, if this was that so, and we didn't draft a lineman to the fourth round, then see, I, I, I think, can see why that's I think the there's topic there's more the to it than that though, because when you lost Connor Williams, you had Connor McGovern, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you could you could kind of say, okay, look, we saw Connor McGovern get starts the left guard. We see, we know Connor McGovern can go in there, and and at least your offense should be fine. Chima Doga, we, we have no clue. Uh, you know, I love Austin Richards. We we really don't know. Josh Ball, come on, what are we talking about? Terrence Steele playing left guard. What the hell are we doing out here? So you. You could have a little bit more. Okay, we lost Connor. What about Farniak? Oh, he was terrible last year. So he's another guy that got to improve too. He was awful. You know, he's probably your worst offensive lineman on the team last year. You know, that got a chance to play. Oh, well, Josh Ball too. But he was not good. So there is an obvious concern at the position. And I think it's a fair concern. You might be right. Maybe it'll be easy to replace Connor McGovern. But the fact of the matter is they have not replaced Connor McGovern with a guy that's, that's been proven at the position. And no, Chima Idoga's 55 snaps at left guard in his career is not proven. So we, we, ju- we just kind of on a wait-and-see approach there, man. No, I got you. I got you. I got you. I mean, I guess I, guess I understand what you're saying, but I guess the way I'm looking at it is like it's kind of like when the Bulls were winning championships and they lost John Paxton, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, yeah, he needs to be replaced, but all right, we can find a shooter, you know what I'm saying? And I sure. know a left guard is not fine, hard, uh, it's not a really easy position to find, but I just think with the level of play that Connor McGovern was giving us, I don't feel like it's that hard to find somebody that would give you with Connor McGovern. Whether it's somebody on our team or we just get some our free agency later or whatever, I don't think that that's a big – because, I mean, we already got – uh, what, like, uh, Deonis Pro Bowler, Zach Martin Pro Bowler, uh, Tyler Smith, if he continues, he's going to be a future Pro Bowler. So, I still don't know if he ever made it, but he plays on that level. But, but Connor McGovern, like, I don't look like, okay, I feel like he's replaceable. Like, we can find somebody to replace him. That's, that's, what I, that's all I'm saying. I, I mean, I think it's deeper than that. I, I, I think it is. I think we're focused on the wrong thing. 
because if we're being technical right now, Tyler Smith's your left guard. Like, if Terrence Steele's playing, they didn't address the guard position. The five is going to be Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Beata, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. So, technically, yeah. your left guard is, 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 is uh, replaced. The, the issue, though, is that you're now relying on Tyron. Because you didn't address the left guard, you're relying on Tyron to be left tackle. If Tyron goes down, which is not even an if, but when Tyron goes down, now you got to kick your boy out to left tackle. So we're playing musical chairs again. Now your left guard situation goes back to being a huge question mark. Now your swing tackle situation is a liability as well. So the offensive line domino effect is scary. So the left guards, I, I can't just act like it's not a big deal. It is 100% a big deal because there, there's, a, there's a domino effect that comes down to it. Now, can coaching help with that? Can a run scheme help with that? Sure. And I'm not saying we need to, we need to, we, we, you have to have five first round draft picks on the offensive line. Or you have to have the second round guy. But the fact of the matter is, bro, they didn't address it until day three. And we don't even know if he's going to play guard or not yet. So. It, it is a question mark, bro. It is. And I think it's fair for fans to be concerned about it. We, it was just to sit back and let's see if, if, if we can be okay without addressing that position. I got you. I got you. And I agree. And I'm not disagreeing saying we don't need. I guess I'm probably saying it wrong. But to me, I feel like, okay, to me, I'm more, me personally, I'm more concerned about a kicker right now than I am a left guard. <laughs> Damn. No, you know what I'm saying. That's just where I'm at with yeah. it right now. You know, because cause it's kind of McGovern. Now, like like I keep saying, if it was Zach Martin and we had to replace an All Pro, and we and we and we addressed it in the draft, then I'd be talking about it just as much as everybody else. But because it's McGovern, and I ain't trying to shit on Connor McGovern, but I just feel like that was our worst offensive lineman last year. I just feel like it's, even if we don't have them right now, whoever is going to be, I just feel like we can find somebody to replace Connor McGovern. That's what. That's all I'm saying, bro. And I'm not trying to like make it seem like left guard position isn't important. Yeah, we lost Connor McGovern. It's not that important. I'm just saying. I just feel like it's going to be easy to replace what we were getting. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be easy to replace what uh-huh. we were getting. That's we 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 fin to find out. Go ahead, my bad. We finna find out. You definitely right about that. We definitely <laughs> will too. And if I'm wrong, then I'll be like, damn, Scott. I see why everybody's talking about that left position, man. You know, uh, but, but man, once again, man, much love to you, man. Appreciate what you do, man. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, big dog. All right. That's pretty much all we can say, right? We we we, we about to find out. Uh, it just, and kind of a cover one. Great. Yeah, agree with that 100%. But he brought up the situation. He said, if we had brought back Conor McGovern, we would be talking about this. No. <laughs> so you basically saying he was good enough. No. But there is no Conor McGovern on his team. When you lost Conor Williams, you had Conor McGovern. You lose Conor McGovern. I'm not going to pretend like, like I got the answer here because we, we don't know. It's, unless it's going to be Tyler Smith. And if it's going to be Tyler Smith, that's a whole different discussion about the domino effect we just talked about with my man on the phone. They're they're trusting in, did I say Tyler Smith? Tyler Smith. They're trusting in Tyron to play left tackle. I just can't get behind that. Can't get behind it. 
it, it affects the depth. I'd much rather him be our swing guy. Maybe Walesco steps up. Maybe Josh Ball shows. Maybe Doja becomes some Doja, Doja, whatever becomes something. Maybe Matt Forniak is better. It's just playing with fire. I don't like playing with fire. That's why I wanted to address the position. At that spot, I don't like playing with fire. That's all. Marv. Close us out, Marv. What up, brother? What up, what up, what up? I ain't worried about that. Oh, I know you ain't. You ain't worried about a damn thing, Marv. I ain't even asking you what you worried about. We know you ain't worried about nothing, but what's on your mind? Yeah, they're just going to uh, put the best five out there. And, uh, you know, just like you say, wait to the camp and let the best man win. What they do, what they got to do, though, let them guys ballot out for that guard spot. Yeah. And then the best guy starts. If if they do, then you can put Tyler Smith uh, there. But let them let them young boys better that place out, and then go from there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is Avante Collins still on the team? Uh, I'm not sure. Did did, Avant, did Avion actually is what his name is? Did Avion Collins get resigned? Collins to a futures deal. He's been in the league for a while. I don't even know if those those things still exist. Let me see. Nope, he's a free agent. He still he young though. No, he's not. He's thirty years old. That's why I said he's been around the league for a while. So I don't. I don't think you. Oh, can, he's thirty. Yeah, he's he's, 30? he's currently oh, okay. a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just so inex- you know, inexperienced. He ain't, he ain't really played that much. So I'm talking about the guy that came from Minnesota. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, that's he what I'm started. saying. He did not play that much in his career. Oh, he only got he only started one game in his entire career. That's crazy. Yeah. I was in that camp, remember, at uh, right tackle. Mm-hmm. He played the best out of everybody. Yeah, and I think he the- I think he got a bit overrated in my opinion, but yeah. He I guess he was the best of all the bad tackles. Sure. Uh, well, they got them new boys in there. And uh they just need to get in that weight room. They got three months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get stronger, a little bit more stronger. Work on a technique and go by, go from there. Yeah, you know, don't be. Uh, you can't. Everybody ain't gonna have five hour pros in their life. Nah, nah. And that's why when I was talking to my man, that's why I said what I said about. Look, I get it. We ain't gonna have all first round picks, all all pro bowlers. So, you know, having a deficiency at one spot of your offensive line. At the end of the day, you should be able to, to overcome that. And, and you could argue we did over the last three years. Connor Williams, Connor McGovern. But I, I think you are worse at the position. So now let's just see how how do we get how do we make the best of this? Because you are worse. Let's just be real. You're worse at the position right now, especially from a depth standpoint. You might be better from a starter standpoint if they roll with Tyler Smith. From a depth standpoint, and then from a, a totality on the offensive line, because of that domino effect of putting Tyler at guard. You're worse. It just is what it is right now. Until we get proven otherwise. Yeah, you ain't gonna know until preseason. Ain't gonna know. You'll see who the better players, good who plays the best. Them rookies might come through, but I think that if if we work on a little bit more of this technique, uh, the guy we got from Atlanta, the tackle that came from the Jets. Oh, oh, you mean Edoja? 
Yeah. Yeah. You just got you just got to work a little bit more on his technique and get and uh, you know he be pushing. I was selling, I saw the tape on him. Uh, yeah, that's a, all you got to do. He had a solid game in Atlanta. His lone yeah. time at guard. Um, yeah, so you know they they signed him for a reason, insurance, and, and he absolutely became insurance because they didn't take a yeah. you know a, a surefire guard in the draft. They so maybe Doja. Because maybe Doja just started as we speak right now. Because when you look at Terrence Steele, obviously he can't go out there and be a starting right tackle in May. Maybe he will be in August, but in May he's not. So you're probably going with Tyler and Tyron at your tackles. And I think it has to be Doja. Doja at your left guard. Which, hey, man, we'll see. Because, Because only the guy that I've seen, Chicago got the 58, right? Tennessee, Chicago the guy we wanted, fifty-eight from Tennessee. We talking about the the guard, his first round pick. Oh, 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 Darnell Wright. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, the Chicago was smart. Oh, you know, I mean, if Darnell Wright happened to be there, the, I, I think they might have jumped all over that. Yeah, yeah, that was the best guard. And now you see all the other teams, and I lost all the rookies. You seen it too. They got a spose. They got spose. Them guys got these. Them, them, them guards that came from Alabama. Everybody was home. Every guard last year that got picked in front of Tyler Smith was horrible. Tyler Smith played all played all of them. And, and I was watching the games. And them guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Tyler Smith was the. He was the the best lineman drafted in that first round last year. If you yeah. did a redraft, I think you did like Alabama this. wanted him to come to Alabama. Yeah. Oh no, don't go to the draft. <laughs> Alabama's trying to make the kid though. Oh no, no, don't go. Come back. We'll give you the money. You come to Alabama. The kid was smart. See, they seen something we didn't see. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, I, I trusted him, and plus this coach, he liked to be physical, and you see your boy number seventy happy. Because now you get to go back to running. And they're going to throw passes too. It's going to be even because, you know, don't think uh, the Cowboys ain't passing now. They just going to oh, play yeah. going to be better. Yeah, the pass. play calling going to be better. What they talking the about, some second and twos. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you was mad. Second yeah, and two, yeah, yeah. the dummy, Video King Raheem, throw a ball. Video King Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Video Kim Raheem killed this team, man. Yeah. And they made the quarterback look horrible. Yeah, I don't I don't and that's why I don't see them doing those I don't see them doing no second and two from the twelve shotgun Thank empty. You. I don't see that happening this year. Oh my God. And you showed it too when they go in that, that twelve personnel, it was running all over teams. This fool only did it like one time. I'm like, is this guy brain dead? You know, we be at the game. We were watching on TV. Everybody in the house, uh, everybody looking at me. All right, Marv, this dummy finna pass the ball. I said, "Yep." And then he ran yeah. the same place up the middle and made them. And they knew what we Miller. was running. They knew yeah. everything we was running. Yeah, no when Tony creation. Pollard went down, Marv, and we came out in shotgun, I, I I looked right over to, I think it was Jesse, because we had a couple people there, and I was like. I don't feel good about this. Now I didn't think it was going to be a pick. Oh, maybe a sack, maybe incomplete. Oh 
But very That's next play, interception. I'm like, God, of course it turned. Of course. You lost points right there. But anyway. And look, it didn't play in closing, in closing, in closing, Marv, in closing. In closing, we got a better uh, setup now. I'm happy. And you could tell the, the coach with the defensive coach, everybody on the same page. Yeah. That's all it takes. And everybody's happy, man. I feel good. That's all I got to say. I feel good, man. I'm not even tripping. I ain't tripping. Appreciate you, Mark. Sure. Hey, hey, I think you're right about this, though. Uh, everybody seems to be on the same page. Everybody seems, and, and that's evident in, in Mike McCarthy talking about philosophical differences. No more. It's, it's your puppy now, Mike. If things go wrong, things go awry, we, we looking at you now. We now there ain't no Kellen Moore. We're looking at you, and we're going to criticize Mike. Criticize, criticize. We're going to criticize, Mike. We're going to come on here. We're going to do Take Tuesdays. It's going to be play calls and situations. We're going to come at Mike, right? When he do good, we're going to praise him as well. The result, though, we need that result to end in dub. We, we need there to be some momentum as we get towards the playoffs and not, what, three or four years in a row now. We're talking about, man, this offense looking out. Injury, Scott, I don't care. Figure it out. Offense look weird for three consecutive years going into the postseason. Cannot have that. I saw in the chat, somebody asked, uh, are there any guards or any offensive linemen to possibly bring in? We talked about this the other day. Uh, free agent option, Trey Turner. Now, I personally want to look at Trey Turner. I looked at a couple games. I was like, All right, look, I don't see an issue here. And, and bring him on board. He still could play. Uh, is he the pro bowler that he was from 2015 and 19? Probably not. But... I, I would not mind getting more competition in that room. However, if you guys remember when we did this breakdown, I said, look, I'm not sure if there's an issue with Trey Turner behind the scenes. If there's something else I don't know about, I didn't do that type of digging and I don't got those type of connections. So I reached out to somebody that might. I reached out to Big Duke. I said, hey, man, have you looked into Trey Turner? If you don't mind looking into Trey Turner. I'm looking at some veteran options. What's the issue here with Trey Turner? Don't tell me what I already, I already watched the film. What's the problem with Trey Turner or, or is there a problem with Trey Turner? Is it work ethic? Is it, is he ready to retire? Is he just flat out done? Like, what is it? He said, quote, just not worth it. If big Duke say you ain't worth it. Moving on. I, I didn't even ask him to go into detail. Is it, is it some things happening off field? Is he just done with football? Is it he said he ain't worth it, man? If Duke said he ain't worth it. I'm 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 gonna take Duke's word. So Trey Turner was the guy that I originally was talking about, but maybe he ain't worth it. All right, we're gonna hit this chat, man, and roll out. I actually went a little longer than I thought I was gonna go. So that's good. Uh, never put Shaq. You almost got me, Shaq. Shaq, the Vikings fan, says expect a lot of play action and screens with Mike McCarthy and a lot of runs. Hey, well, the last part was never really Mike McCarthy, but but now he sounds like he's going to be leaning into more runs. But play action and screens, yeah, we'll get the screen game back, I think. And we love play action here in Dallas, so let's keep that going. King said, if we bring somebody in, when's the best time? Now, sometimes in the summer training camp. King, the King G, not King Element. King, you know me. I'm all about bringing in these dudes now to get acclimated. 
we ran into that weird situation with Jason Peters and, and Anthony Barr. You brought Anthony Barr in here two or three weeks out of the season, and he really didn't get on the practice field until the next week. Then now, a week and a half, two weeks later, boom, season starts. Uh, now these are veterans, so maybe they don't want to partake. But I'm about getting these guys in now. And let's see what they got. Let's get them integrated into the system. Same thing with Jason Peters. How many times did we scream? We need we need tackle help. It took Tyron tearing off the bone from his leg for them to go get tackle help the week before the season. I don't want to do that. Be proactive, not reactive. Facts, King Element. Kangs. We the Kangs. Shout out to Vodge the building. Vodge just put, quote, Whistle music. Can't miss shows. That's what I was saying, Ryan. Ryan said, ain't worth it. Sounds like he sucks in the locker room. That's kind of what, like, I don't know, locker room, off field, lack of days of cool, mental. That's kind of what I was, I'm not trying to put nothing out there. I don't know what exactly he meant. I didn't want to even investigate because if he say not worth it, not worth it. But I kind of was thinking, maybe he talking about off field. You know, maybe talking about off field. All right, man. Good stuff today. Uh, update on the schedule for the week. Will not be here tomorrow. We are off tomorrow, but I will be back on later on the Vosh and Buddy live show about 316. It's kind of where we've been aiming at. For the final show of the week. And then Mo will be back on later on for the A to Z sports primetime show about 8 p.m. Central which is nine Eastern. And it's so wild to think I used to do shows that damn late. Now, unless it's the round table, I don't even touch anything that late. <laughs> I'm, I'm chilling in bed, cooling by that time, man. Cause then I'm up at like five something trying to get the show together for the day. Good stuff today. If you missed what we talked about, let's go ahead and bring it back. We mentioned the things that I'm looking for, looking to watch for, down at rookie minicamp. I talked about the H-back slash tight ends. Where are they going to be placed? The Princeton Fanston, Lipkeys of the world. I wanted to see how fluid Schoonmaker would look. Dealing with an injury that he had that took him out of his pro day. Is he fine? Is he moving fine? I want to see where do they put these versatile guys at? The Demos of the world. The, the awesome Richards. The Viliami Fejokos. Where are these guys going to focus at? Are they even going to focus at one spot? Deuce Vaughn handling the kicking game duties. He didn't do it in college, but he's been working at it over the last three or four months. How is that translating? And then the cornerback versus wide receiver. I think that's going to be the biggest, most fierce competition down there. Cornerbacks versus wide receivers. So, you guys just made the list. You just made the list! If you missed the show, run it back. Hashtag running back squad. Think you enjoy it. Catch me out later on the Vice Lombardi Live show. And make sure I support my guy, Mauricio Rodriguez. Hit up A to Z Sports Primetime or A to Z Sports Dallas.com too. We've been dropping mad articles every day, every week, all the time. Matt, uh, uh, Shane, Mo, all of the talented writers. Make sure y'all go there and support as well. Hit this button. Good call, says Danny. Good call. 
While we talking about Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush and Mike Bell, what did I miss in the chat? The chat, y'all be having your own show. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but y'all be having your own show. Right I love y'all though. We out of here. Peace. There's an audible. No Vox Lombardi live show, Cowboys Nation. See y'all Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Live, laugh, love, all that good stuff. Bomb squad!